All right, we are in a sermon series where every other week we are talking about prayer, but in two different ways, alternating weeks. So last week we talked about intercession, praying for others. This week we're talking about intimacy. How do we draw close to God? How do we get close to God? And Allie Cranmer, I'm going to invite her up. She is going to uh, teach on this subject this morning. Allie is, um, she went through commission pastor, uh, similar to how Judd uh, and Clay went through. She actually was the first one done in the, in the second wave when we restarted. So she is a minister of word and spirit. She is a, a pastor and she is going, and she's our hospitality ministry leader here at the church. Yes, she's very grumpy. I can't even make a sad face. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So... I'm just going to pray uh, briefly and then turn it over to you. So God, uh, we want to hear from you this morning. We pray that you would speak uh, to us, that you would speak through Allie, and that you would open our hearts by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So what I said to Andrew, in case you didn't hear, is I can't even figure out how to make a grumpy face. I was like, is that grumpy? I don't even know. Okay, so anyways, you probably are not surprised by this, but I love to talk all the time. I love to talk. And so growing up, I felt like everyone needed to know every single thing that happened in my life every single day. This probably answers a lot of questions for my husband because this is our kids all the time. So at dinner one night, I was talking. My family wasn't with me at school. They needed to know all of my thoughts, all of my feelings, how I was treated, how I treated others. So I would expound But my sister, in the middle of dinner, looked at my parents and said, could we please have a five-minute timer on her talking limit? This is becoming out of control. She was younger. That took a lot of nerve. And I couldn't even believe that someone would think, they don't want to hear the things I have to say. So today, we're going to talk about the secret place. And the interesting thing was, as I was asked to speak about today, and speak specifically on the secret place, my mind was flooded with all the things I could share. But then when I sat down to start writing it, I realized, how do you talk about something that has meant so much to you? So maybe some of you felt that way. Maybe some of you, you have something special, and you're like, I can't wait to tell everyone about the newest music, where I got this really cool outfit. I'm not talking about mine right now. But where I get, where I like to eat, all the different things. I love sharing those things. Maybe that's you. But maybe there's something that means so much to you that to share feels like you're giving people a part of your heart that you don't actually want to be vulnerable with. Or to share might actually spoil the intimacy that has been there. It might take away from what actually happens in that moment. So I love that Anton actually spoke about the bunker, the safety spot, because the secret place is a safe spot. So when I think about the secret place, I think all of us have actually experienced it at some point. We may not have realized that it was the secret place, but it's a place you felt known. It's a place you've loved being at. Maybe you've been on a hike and it's moved you to tears, and in that moment you thought, I am fully alive. Maybe it's when you've been kayaking. Maybe it's when you have gone out with friends and you're just sitting and it's so beautiful because the conversation's happening It's the secret place. It's the safe place. It's the bunker of our heart. 
So really, if it were up to me, if I could have totally rearranged today, what we would have done is created a huge table in the middle of this room, and all of us would have sat at it, and we all would have talked about it. Because each one of us have a secret place. But I want to bring our attention to maybe three things, and then we're going to do something that I just cannot wait to do. So when it comes to the secret place, there's three different things that I think may be involved. It can feel secluded. It's a place where there's no shame, where you feel only peace and acceptance. It can be by yourself, but the one we're talking about is with the Lord. The thing about the secret place is that when we're talking, we're talking with someone. We're talking with a living God. We're talking with someone that loves deeply, whose perfect love casts out all fear. We're talking with someone that wants to listen. So I don't know about you, have you ever heard of Elijah in the Old Testament? So Elijah was this incredible prophet, and he did, the Lord did amazing things through him. And in this moment, when Elijah is anticipating God's going to speak in a really loud way because life had been crazy, he did all the things for the Lord. And everything he did for the Lord, the Lord showed up and proved that God was God and everything else was not. And he should be worshipped because he is the king of this moment. And he is the king of all moments. So here's Elijah, and he is exhausted. Because there is a woman that wants to kill him because Elijah because of who God is and who Elijah worships, God showed up and proved that this woman's gods were not real. So Elijah's running because this woman wants him killed. So he runs and he runs and he runs and he stops and he's like, God, don't you see all the things I've done for you? Can't you just show up in this moment? And the angels of the Lord come and say, why don't you take a rest for a moment? Why don't I give you food? So he sleeps. And he wakes up, and the very next thing he says, God, seriously? And the angels of the Lord show up, and they say, why don't you rest? Here's some more food. Eventually, he wakes up, and he feels rested in his spirit. He feels like, I understand what I'm supposed to do. I'm just supposed to listen. So then a huge earthquake happens. And then fire happens. And he, go, he says to himself, I know God has to be in those because my God does big things. And God's not there. But then this whisper happens. And Elijah comes out of a cave. And he veils his face because there's something different about this whisper. There's something different than the earthquake and the fire. So I don't know about you, but I can often be like Elijah. My days can be full. Having two little girls that are in sports, having my own stuff, my husband having his stuff, loving to talk, wanting to do all the things. I can approach God and say, God, let me tell you all the things that happened today. And I'll just list through them all. And then I'll say, God, why aren't you showing up? And God will say, why don't you rest for a moment? Why don't you spend some time with me and in my presence? Well, the truth is, if we go back to the very first thing I said, that I love to talk, I'm uncomfortable with silence. And to rest for a moment would mean I might have to be quiet. In the secret place, I get to learn what it means to be quiet. I get to learn what it means to listen and tune in. So there's another story in the Bible that is very much at the beginning. 
and I love it. Can you imagine being in the Garden of Eden? Being Adam and Eve and walking with the Lord and talking and exploring and discovering and saying, hey, did you just see that snake? Whoa, and it's actually a beautiful snake. It's not Satan. And then you walk the other way and he's like, hey, did you see those mountains? Did you see that lake? Can you imagine that? I love that story. I love the thought of discovering with God. But you know, the very next page, right after that, they eat the fruit, then there's this bad snake that comes, and the bad snake tells them to eat the fruit, and then everything's distorted. That relationship changes for them. And the encountering God feels different. The strolling with the Lord is no longer easy. See, in the secret place, we get to discover things about God's heart, the way he dreams, the way he imagines the way he thinks, that may not happen regularly. Now that may sound weird, because we're living in a post-fall reality. After the fruit happened and they ate, everything changed. The relationship was harder. But Jesus didn't just come, right? He didn't just come so that we would have first-class tickets to paradise. Jesus came because he's living, he resurrected, he's here, he's now, so he wants us to live in the kingdom reality all the time. So in the secret place, we get to find out kingdom realities. We get to experience God's heart in a way that maybe we never knew before. Because in the secret place, in the safe place, God always shows up. And God always wants us to experience his kingdom. So I know that I'm not the only one that has experienced the secret place. And thankfully, we have a pastor that has as well. So I'm going to invite Andrew up, and Andrew's going to talk a little bit more about what it means to discover God in the secret place, especially through our mind, the images, and our imagination. Yeah, so Allie's going to lead us through an exercise in a bit, but I wanted to share a little bit um, just because this will be new and some might be like, is this, what, what are we getting into here? What are we doing if it's unfamiliar? And so before I do, I uh, just want you all to close your eyes if you trust me. Well, more important, do you trust the person next to you? Hang on to your purse, close your eyes. <laughs> and so what I want you to do is wherever you normally sleep at night, I want you to um, picture what's right next to it. For some, it's a dresser. For some, it's a nightstand. For some, it's the floor. Whatever it is that's like right next to your bed so that you could see that. And then, you, then I want you, whatever that is, whether it's the floor or dresser or nightstand, whatever it is where you would set something, I want you to picture that and picture a glass of blue Kool-Aid with ice in it on that on that thing, wherever you would set stuff next to your bed. Okay? Big straw, big red straw coming out of it. Okay. All right. You can open your eyes now. Now, how many of you could see in your mind, like you had like the image of whatever the stand is or whatever is next to you? How many of you could, like that came to your, you could see that in your head? Pretty much, most, almost, maybe all. And, and that makes sense because you've seen that there before. It's there. But how many of you could picture like some blue liquid in a glass next to it when you tried to do that? 
How many of you have had some sort of blue liquid sitting there ever before? So isn't this amazing that we have the capacity to not just picture what we've already seen, but to picture things that we haven't even ever seen, but we can picture it there. I want you to read when Jesus was asked, like, what's the most important thing about the Old Testament scriptures? What's, he's asked that. What's the most important command? Oh, dear. That's okay. I don't need glasses. I can kind of see. <laughs> I feel like I had them. Yeah, a lot of times, no? All right. Well, this part I'm not worried about. There's something else I was thinking of reading. Maybe we're going to cut that because... Okay, so Jesus replied to this question, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. With all of your mind. That would include the part of your mind that can picture what's next to your bed. That could picture even that there's blue Kool-Aid next to your bed. How do we love God with that part of our mind? That is the question question that I want us to think about. Because that part of our mind is real. And a lot of times we don't direct that part of our mind toward God or invite God into that part of our mind. So you know who gets that part of our mind? Well, what are the images we put in our mind? So the devil gets imagination We'll just think about thought and beliefs and doctrine. How could we love God with that part of our mind? Now, seriously, I mean, I had glasses. Are they not there? <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know who prayed. Probably all of you. Probably none of you were even listening to what I said. You're just like, help this poor guy because he's really, he's really having problems. Okay. So let me give you an example of this. In the upper room a few weeks ago, early on, Nicholas Lirio, he's the guy who plays keyboard up here, he got up and he encouraged us to focus on the Lord. Oh, actually, let me read one passage first. The Ephesians passage. Can we bring that up? So read the passage from Ephesians. I'll just read it from here. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, reveal things to you so that you may know him better, for the purpose of knowing him better. Now, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. This got prayed a few weeks ago by one of our elders. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. How can we know that? Well, one of the ways is that the eyes of our heart are enlightened. What are the eyes of our heart? Could it be that part of our mind that can see things? Could it be that part of our heart can see things? Now, Nicholas, a few weeks ago, encouraged us to focus on the Lord, to give him our focused attention. Then we would see him, he said. We would, it's like behold him, an old time word, behold him. Like Give him our focused attention. So I did that. And as I did that, now for me, for me, I don't, I don't get this real often or real well, but I was just trying to think about God and use that part of my mind. And so I kept having a picture in my mind of Jesus pulling something. He had a big smile on his face. He looked really happy, but he was also sweating. He looked like he was like, he's working hard, 
pulling something, pulling something, but I could never see in my mind what it was. He just kept pulling it and pulling it. Eventually, I thought it was this, I thought it was that. Eventually, what it seemed like was a huge Christmas tree. Anybody that knows me knows I'm like Mr. Scrooge. I, I'm not big on the Christmas stuff. I like that Jesus came. Don't get, I love that, but the rest of it. Anyway, so what does that mean? So after a while, thinking about what is this, because that was the faint image I felt like kept coming into my mind. So I have a sense that the Lord is, is bringing me or celebrate a present. Like maybe he's bringing me a present, but it's connected to celebrate. I think what he is pulling, what he is working toward is glory. This is just what I'm thinking. I mean, I could be off. It could be, I mean, this could be Fruit Loop stuff, but this is just what I'm thinking. Like the sense was more glory than I've ever seen in this church before. It's like our prayer, this is toward the beginning of prayer builders, our prayer has him working. I know that he's, his work is finished and completed on the cross, but like how we experience it in space and time, our prayer has him working, bringing more of his glory to us. He's bringing something for us. He's excited and we're getting closer to it. Now, holy cow, Allie, you got to take your notes next time. I never usually have notes. All right. This is the last thing, last prop. I'm almost out of here. So, four days later, I get an email from Shayla Zimmerman. This is right after I had this thought, which could be Fruit Loops, for all I know. It could just be my imagination. It says, good morning. Daniel and I were able to join in person for yesterday's service with baby Ava, because they have a new baby. Baby, all right. If nothing else, we can be happy there's a new baby in the house. Okay. So we are so thankful to have such an amazing church to bring her to. During the prayer time for leadership, so this is the time then the elders prayed, and one of the things they prayed is that our eyes of our heart would be enlightened. During the prayer time for leadership, I saw the most beautiful picture that I wanted to release to you. I plan to continue to pray into it. Feel free to share as you feel led to, which I'm taking that to mean I can share it with the whole, maybe that's not what you meant, but anyway. Here we go. In the picture, I could see us all, our church, gathered in a field. The sun had set and it was starting to become slightly dark. There was a sense of organization and expectancy. The glory of God began to fall on the field. It appeared like a golden dust that illuminated paths of the fields in all directions. The leaders smiled at this and began pursuing the different facets and directions the gold dust was taking. They took two or three people with each of them. Though we had been gathered, though we had been gathered, once the glory fell and the leaders led the pursuit of the glory, of the light, of the dust that they were seeing, we all dispersed into wondrous pursuit, all, all pursuing it. The paths and the directions all looked different, but the joy, wonder, and fascination in each pursuit group was the same. So even though it was dispersed and going different directions, there was a connectedness that remained as if there was some sort of system in everybody pursuing from up close, it seemed like everyone was doing and experiencing something different, but as you looked big picture, you could see there was a connection. And I could sense two passions at play in this picture I had for the leaders. There was a passion behind the leaders running after the glory, not wanting to miss a thing that God was revealing. I could tell as they ran that there was a sense that this was familiar to them, that they recognized the, the glory, but also the leaders knew something new was being released. 
The second passion I could see the leaders looking back to those who had followed them, accounting, they were looking back at who they were bringing with them, accounting for each one and not wanting the people they were bringing with them to miss what God was doing. You could tell those who followed the leaders had less familiarity with the glory, with the manifest presence of God, but the, but the same deep driving desire to experience it. I told Daniel, her husband, about this after church, and he pulled out some stickers we had of this, with the Celebrate logo on them. He pointed out all the dots dispersing from the center around the word Celebrate Church and told me that's what the picture reminded him of. I think both of these connect so beautifully with gathering to go. I attached some imagery, if Jacob, if you want to bring up, I attached some imagery to the email that reminded me of what I was seeing in the picture. I'm sending this off of on my phone, so the images could be blurry if you're reading on a desktop. I hope they can help bring the picture to life for you. Now, one of the reasons I wanted to show this is because it's from the phone and it's not as high resolution, I wanted you to know that some of us, this part of our brain is in high resolution. Like my wife, when she gets pictures, it's like, man, that's, uh, that seems really vivid. Uh, vivid. Mine are like faint. Okay, We all get different ones. But anyway, if you can advance to the logo then. So that was the picture. Now, why do I share all this with you? Because I want us to get to the exercise. I share all this with you because, well, let, let me just, one brief story of what happened to me this week. So this week, I'm praying, upper room, praying that night. And a thought that keeps coming to mind for a particular person. I'm supposed to keep praying for this particular, I don't know if I'm supposed to. It's just, it's what keeps coming to mind is this particular person, and specifically that this person will lead many people to the Lord. Like it's, it, I go on trying to pray for something else, it just keeps coming back to this. I go on trying, it just keeps coming to my mind. Well, the person's in the room. So eventually, I go over. Now, this would be different if what I had was like, some person is in deep sin, or you know, they need to sell everything. I wouldn't like go over and say it like this, but since this would be, and feels like it's encouraging, I just... Went over to them in the middle of prayer time going on. This is the only time I've done that since prayer builders have started in upper room. I went over, sat down, and whispered, I feel like I'm supposed to pray for you that you'll lead many people to the Lord. And this person said, I was just sitting here thinking, I've led people to a, to a lot of different things. And I'm just thinking, what's my next, it's in my next season of life, what is, what is next for me? And I've led people to a lot of different things, but I haven't really been leading people to the Lord. And then you came over. Now, God put a thought in my head that I could have just, whoop. But it was just a thought. But I prayed it. And then I went and shared it. And God put a thought in somebody else's head and timed it up at the same time. And I think all of that could be a coincidence but it's more likely that God put the thoughts in both of our heads. And that, a lot of us would be more comfortable with. But I got this picture that I didn't know if it was really, I didn't know, and a Christmas tree and, and glory. For some reason, it feels like it represents glory. And, and I forgot about it. I got the email. It didn't even come to mind, that my picture. It was when I went, was going back through the journal that I was like, oh, in the same week, they get a picture related to God releasing more glory in our church, and that's what he wants to do. I have a sense that I got a picture, and it somehow relates to and that's how God's communicating. So all of that's to say, God can and does communicate in this way. Now, the exercise, Allie, you can come up. The exercise that Allie, or maybe you are up, nope, is going to lead us through, I have done before. 
It was way out of my comfort zone the first time I did it years ago. And I was significantly touched by it. And I have processed with many other people who've done this exercise, and some of them have been surprised. Like, wow. It hasn't connected 100% for every person, so if it doesn't for you today, that's okay. But it has connected with a lot of people who, who said, I didn't think something like that would connect with me. So, may it be so. May the Lord open the eyes of our heart this morning. For me, I was one of those people that it meant the world to when I first did this exercise. Because the truth is, I have an imagination that might be a little overstimulated. I cannot watch police shows, I can't watch scary movies, because they somehow interact with my mind and they become so realistic that I can't sleep, or I feel like I'm in it, and I just begin to think that those things are really going to happen. But the Lord showed me in the last 10 years that my imagination is a gift because he also imagines. And he did when he created everything. So we already have done this today. We've already closed our eyes, grabbed our purses, but we already closed our eyes. And I know that in a space where there's a lot of people, it may feel unsafe. But would you mind closing your eyes again? With your eyes closed, would you begin to breathe? Inhaling and trying to fill your lungs, those lungs that the Lord breathed life into. and exhaling and believing that that breath is his breath inside of your lungs. See, the only way we truly know what's going on in our heart is if we look to Jesus. He is the one that not only created it, but can reveal what's in our heart. And he loves us deeply. So all his ways are kind. And so we don't need to be afraid because he is perfect love and he is here today. And his perfect love casts out all fear. So as you continue to breathe, will you personally ask the Lord to cleanse your imagination? Maybe you're like me and you have an imagination that can think of a lot of things at a lot of times. And some of those things that have entered into your mind may have been scary, may have not honored the Lord. And he's not there holding a glaring light at you saying, see, that's the thing I'm talking about today. He's inviting you to experience him to make yourself willing and vulnerable before him. As each thing comes to your mind, will you confess that to him? Trusting that he is the one that brought that forward. And then will you begin to breathe and welcome the Holy Spirit?
Father, thank you that you are for us. Thank you, God, that you can't wait to meet with us. Thank you, God, that you can't wait for us to experience your heart and your true nature and your love. As you rest in God's presence this morning, ask Jesus to show you your heart as a garden. If a garden doesn't pop up and you're in a city or a desert, go with it. Trust that the Lord's showing you something and wanting to tell you something. But will you ask the Lord to show you your heart today? Look around. What do you notice? What does it look like? Now picture Jesus there. Ask him to show you whatever he desires to show you today. ask Jesus to show you, are there any weeds growing? Are there any lies or fears or anxiety? Is there anything paralyzing the growth in your garden? Is there anything that shouldn't be in that city? As he makes you aware of those things, don't run away from them. But walk towards them because he's the one leading you there. Name them or ask Jesus to name them and what they mean. And then give them to Jesus. Invite him to take those things away. Tell Jesus they're his to take care of. And then notice what Jesus does. How does he handle them? Notice if Jesus wants to give you something in return. Maybe there's something else he wants to occupy that space in your heart. 
receive it. Maybe it's a picture. Maybe it's a word. Maybe it's a scripture or an impression or a song. And then begin to thank Jesus. The best gardener, the best builder, the best creator. Thank you, Jesus, for being kind. We give you glory for how you've created us. We thank you, Lord, that you want to encounter our imaginations, our hearts. You want to encounter our prayers. Jesus, we thank you that one encounter with you changes everything. God, anything good that was done here today, we know it's because of you. You interacting with us. Your true, kind nature wanting to meet us. So continue to teach us. Continue to guide us. Continue to fill us with your Holy Spirit and truth. Strengthen our true selves so that we can really know you, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.